Welcome to the Revision Wizards podcast. I'm Miss Catherine M.H., and I'm joined by my soothsaying co-host, V.E. Griffith. This is episode 13, and today we're talking with three-story method editor Valerie Eson about memoirs. This episode is sponsored by our amazing patrons who help us to build our podcast so we can help you make your editing and revision process so much better. This week, we want to give shout outs to our three incredible new patrons, Kim Lark, author of Touch of Death, Mia Harlan, who writes paranormal shapeshifter romances, and today's guest, Valerie Eson, have all recently joined the Revision Wizards community and family. If you'd like to support the show for as little as a buck an episode, we have a bunch of neat benefits you can take advantage of, including a special podcast feed with extra content and personal updates, early access to scene analysis slots, the opportunity to ask questions for Ask the Editor episodes, professional editing, and more. You can find out everything you need to know at patreon.com slash revisionwizards. And with that, here we go with Valerie. Hi, guys. Hi, welcome to Revision Wizards. How are you today? Good. All right. Would you start by telling us your name and your pronouns? Uh, I am Valerie Isan, and I use she pronouns. Great. She, her. There we go. (laughs) There we go. Okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you write and edit memoirs. Is that right? Yes. Um, I write memoir and women's fiction as well, and um, books for writers also on the imminent horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I edit all, all those things. I also have a soft spot for um, paranormal women's fiction. I really dig reading that. So if anybody has jobs to edit that, I really, really love that. That's fun. But I like helping people write memoirs. I think that's engaging and um, meaningful. And everybody has a story to tell and they have hard time getting it out I think sometimes and don't know where to start and kind of get frustrated or um self um just blanked on the word they just don't know what to say that will make them look good not knowing that that isn't really the purpose of memoir (laughs) so there's a little bit of education that happens with with memoir memoir clients but it's usually a lot of fun okay well let's go there what what is a memoir and what's it for? Why would I want to write one? Why would I want to read one? I love reading memoir because I want to know how they did it. Whatever it is that they have accomplished that I have yet to accomplish, I want to know the steps they went through, the process they went through, so that I can imagine myself doing the same thing. Those are the memoirs that touch me the most, you know, if it, if it has something to do with my current lifestyle situation. I also enjoy reading memoir just for the genre sake, because it's usually about ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And, and that brings me joy to read and inspires me to be extraordinary in my own ways. (laughs) Um, The reason I write it is because, well, the first thing that popped in my head was I have a story to tell, but that's kind of a trite answer. So my first memoir I wrote to connect to other women that had been widowed young because that happened to me 
prior to 9-11. So there weren't any grief memoirs. You know, all of the widows I knew were old. <laughs> and and uh, so I wrote to find those other women that were young and widowed and and make connections. This one that I'm writing now that will be out next month. Um, this one was more, it didn't, it didn't lead me as much as the first memoir did at first. So in the process of editing and revising this memoir, I learned more about myself. And so I guess that's why I write memoir. So I read memoir to learn how they do it. And I write memoir to learn more about me. That's awesome. <laughs> I did not practice that ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> That's an on the fly comment. Well, it's, it's, it's way more self-aware and self-reflective than I am most of the time. Um, how, since you've done both, how is the writing process different for, for memoir versus fiction? I think we all have a knee-jerk reaction of, but that's how it happened. And so your first rough draft tends to be very exact. And this is exactly the way it happened and and in this order. And and that tends to be more of a boring read. You know, you've you've got to give it some finesse and some literary um, art <laughs> to make it more palatable for a reader. Um, so l- losing that you know, knee-jerk reaction of it happened this way. So, so there's that piece writing fiction. I mean, sometimes I think memoir is easier because you've got the story already. You're just finessing it on the page, but then there comes the time when you're trying to, because you want to show and not tell. Sometimes when you are trying to say something about your life in a memoir and you're trying to mine your memories of a scene that would show that and you can't find one, you know, you can't make it up (laughs) because then that wouldn't be fiction. So that's harder. Obviously you can recreate, you can recreate something and tweak it so that it fits that, um, that scene that, that you're trying to or that point that you're trying to make. And so I think it's easier in fiction because you don't have to, because you can just make it up. So I guess that would be the biggest difference for me personally. We're both, we're all actually three-story method certified editors. I am as Catherine as you are. Um, do you find the three-story method helpful for writing and editing memoir as opposed to fiction? Not as opposed to fiction. I mean, I, th- I think it works for both because... Um, a lot of memoir that you read has that narrative arc anyway. There's a beginning, middle, and end. It reads just like a novel most of the time. There are other types of memoir that's that are more um, like linked essays or or there's some other structure that they're using instead of that narrative arc, but it still would have that global conflict at the beginning of the story and a global choice at the end of the book. And otherwise, like, why, why would you write it then? You know, <laughs> there has to be, there has to be a reason for writing it. 
And I think that that's actually more important personally. I think it's more important in memoir than in other genres to come up with that, to have that story hypothesis, to have that theme that's really strong through the whole book. Because in fiction, you can not deviate, but there are other ways to engage a reader you know, maybe your pacing's really awesome, or maybe you've got great dialogue, or you know, there's some there's some other thing that that entertains the reader and pulls them through the book. And in memoir, you know, there's more, like you said, like that deep dive, that self reflection, that you know. So it's not as it's not as ritzy sometimes as as fiction, and and I I mean that's why I like that genre. But it also, I think, really, I really need to have a takeaway after reading genre, or excuse me, reading memoir, because I want to know that that I learned something from the book. Do you, where in the process of writing a memoir do you find your story hypothesis? Is it something you come up with before you start drafting? Is it is it an editing thing? Is it somewhere in between? Does it come to you in the middle of the draft? as you try and find the story? Um, A little bit of all of those things. I'm a plotter. So I like having a plan before I go into drafting. And so I think it's great if you can form a story hypothesis before you draft. Um, And I really like JP's, um, if you go to storyhypothesis.com, you know, he's got that set up there. You can check out what that means. And, And I really like the process of, you know, picking out, I mean, you need to know what your character's needs are. So when you're writing memoir, that's just you, you know, what, what was it that you needed through this um, slice of life that you're writing about and, and come up with that, that thematic statement that you prove or disprove throughout the course of writing the book. And I think it helps prevent some of that. um, Some people call it navel gazing. Some people call, you know, like the, the ones that just spin you off into like, this doesn't really have anything to do with the story, but I'm telling you this little side side note. So it helps you weed those out. So I like having it at the beginning. Now I came across JP's story hypothesis after I had written the book. So I had to do it retroactively and come up with it later and then go through and make sure that so it helped in the editing process and the revising process, because I would go through all my chapters and say, yeah, now this one really doesn't have anything to do with the story hypothesis. And I check it. And so it gave me a little bit of a, a non-emotional way to look at, does this fit in this book or not? If it didn't have anything to do with the story hypothesis, then no. And it was easy to, to take it out. Did I answer your question? I feel like you I went on a tangent. Did. You did. <laughs> Okay, now that Miss Catherine's back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So since we've been talking about memoirs, what exactly is a memoir? Because I used to think they were the same thing as a biography. So a biography is um, a person writing about another person. So if I wrote the biography of Mark Twain or something like that, I'm writing about another person. An autobiography is telling your life story. It's a biography of yourself. Um, But a memoir is a shortened version of that. The autobiography starts with, you know, 
where you were living when you were born and goes all the way up, not until your death because you're writing it, but till the end of, you know, to however old you are then. But a memoir has a slice. It's a snapshot. It's like the year after your husband died. It's the two years you were in the military. It's the um, the time that you went to Alaska and got stranded on a fishing boat. You know, it's a slice of life. It's it's something that that um, people are more apt. They're they're going to be more interested in reading about that than where you were born. Like <laughs> Rachel Heron writes a really great book called Fast Draft Your Memoir. And she talks about the dinner guest. Like if you're at a big old table and you've got somebody on your left and somebody on your right. And, you know, back in the day you had to talk to somebody and then there would be like, a, not a bell, but like there would be some indication that you had to turn now and switch and talk to the next person. It was just the etiquette of the table. So if on one side you're talking to the guy who says he was born in Missouri and his parents were immigrants and, or, you know, whatever, like he just starts talking about from the very beginning. And then the other person has this fascinating story about, you know, the time she was on an Alaskan fishing boat or something like that. Like that's the person you want to be stuck with talking to at dinner all, all night long, not this other guy. So that's a memoir versus autobiography. Got you. So are they called memoirs because they're like a memory and you're doing a memory or maybe memoir actually means memory? I don't know, but I've always been curious if you I don't actually know the etymology of that word it's French but I don't know exactly what it means actually (laughs) that's one we could send to grammar girl there we go (laughs) I could look it up really quick on Wikipedia if you want me to (laughs) (laughs) you know I could have too but I guess uh, oh well (laughs) we'll leave it in the comment section (laughs) this is what it means we found out after (laughs) So how, how do you find that you, de- do you have to, or how do you detach from a story enough to tell it? I mean, I, I, your first memoir was probably not the most comfortable story to tell at all. No, and it took me like eight years to write it. And, and it was probably, I, you have to, okay. So if you are trying to decide whether or not it's time to write your memoir, if you are in the headspace where um, I'm trying to be prescriptive, but not, let's see, how do I say this? Writing memoir can be really messy and uncomfortable and triggering, you know? So if what you're writing is, it's going to hurt you, then it's not time to write it yet. Maybe some other therapy needs to happen or just some journaling, something that you're writing that's not intended for publication. Um, Both times that I wrote my memoir, it was long enough. Like the one I just finished has, uh, I think, 15 years since the events. So I had enough like physical distance that I was able to be more objective about what I was writing. And I think the story hypothesis slash theme helps because you know what it is that you're writing about. And then if you do start wallowing in something, rightly so, then you can 
easily edit that out after the fact. Like, I think you should write everything wallowing or not, <laughs> put it all out there and, and get it, you know, on the page. And then you can be strategic in what stays in and what doesn't. Um, another resource that I really liked that helped me finish this, this particular book um, was um, Michelle, well, no, Melissa, Melissa Phoebos. She wrote a book called Bodywork the radical something of personal narrative. I forget the subtitle, but um, she said to be sure that you're not just writing the story that you've told yourself about it. So, so getting a little bit deeper, going underneath some of those things that you've glossed over and, and actually telling the story, not just telling the story you've told yourself, if that makes any sense. The way she wrote it was like really eye-opening. I was like, oh my God, this told me what I'm doing. <laughs> so I had to go back through and mine old journals and get more raw material to put in there and and make it, you know, go to a different depth. Now we say to kill your darlings in like fiction writing and stuff, but when it's I mean, it's you, so you, you're killing technically you. How do you, I guess, detach when trying to edit that too? I, it's, it becomes the story. You're a storyteller. Yes, you're telling a story that happened to you, but, but if you can distance yourself by um, tricks that I've used is, are just using, um, when, I'm, when I'm referencing it, I don't say I, I say she, um, the character. Um, you know, so when I'm talking to other writers about it, that way it creates a little bit of distance. And um, yeah, it's all things in service to the story. <laughs> so if if it doesn't fit, then it doesn't fit. And, and it's not, I'm not cutting pieces of my memory out. I'm just not putting it in this particular book because it doesn't um, flow. Gotcha. So how would you recommend for those who like maybe you're editing their novel and they are attached to it I mean I'm sure that some people don't wait like you do for a amount of time before they start writing a memoir how do you deal with that while editing their work and working with them I think uncovering what it is that they're trying to say you know by including this snippet, this scene, this story, by including this piece, what are they trying to, to prove? What are they trying to say to the reader? How are they wanting the reader to feel at that point? So if they can, again, it's a detaching, you know, it's, it's looking at somebody else's reaction to it. And, and if it's not going to create the emotion that you want in the reader, then, then it needs to be reworked. So it might not need to come out, it can stay in, but maybe it just needs to, you know, fleshed out a little bit more. Or, I mean, usually at that stage of revision, you're not picking word choice at that point. That's a little too micro and you're still maybe in macro, but, um, but yeah, I think figuring out what you're trying to say about such and such, and then making sure that that comes through in the scene. And if it doesn't, then you just, then yeah, you do, you would have to cut it, <laughs> but you can still use it. You know, you can send it to your mailing list. If it's, if it's meaningful to you, you can 
you know, create an essay and turn that into, um, you know, submit it to a magazine or, or give it to your mailing list or put it on your website as a free download to, to get people on the mailing list, something like that. So you can still use it. It doesn't have to go away, but it just doesn't belong maybe in this story. I, I, I've done, I've listened to part of Rachel's book, uh, Fast Draft Your Memoir. And one of the things that she talks about is uh, in terms of being in the right headspace to, to do your memoir, if you're, if you're, if you're in the place where you want to tell it like it is and, and hurt other people that that's not the right time. Right. Have you, have you seen or been able to help people in that space or is that, is that an issue that you've run across? I've run across it in conversations with other writers, but they've never been my clients. So I haven't had to deal with it that way. Um, with the exception of, I don't have a specific scene in mind, but I do remember working with a client that um, had a lot of opinions <laughs> and and I didn't feel like that was interesting. Like what was interesting was the way he grew up, the family stories. And so I encouraged him in talking with him, you know, to put those in there and that those were super interesting, you know, and I would get really excited about reading those and editing those. And the other pieces I'd be like, oh, maybe this will be an amendment or something. Maybe this can go after the book because it really interrupts the flow here or something like that. So <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question or not. <laughs> so would you say that writing the memoir or editing the memoir for you is easier? I don't know the answer to that. I think probably the writing of it is, but I don't know that for sure because, well, the first one just came out in fits and starts. You know, I would had this vision of what I wanted it to be and I would write it and it would not fit the structure and it was coming out totally not expected. And I kept scrapping it and starting over. And, and so that was really frustrating and I was just learning how to write, you know, so my critique group would say something and I'd, oh, I'd chuck it and start over or, you know, whatever, <laughs> not the way I write now, but and then this one that I just finished, it, it started years and years ago, pre-pandemic, and I dropped it, I put it down and started writing another project. And then, so there were a couple of other things that got in the way. So I didn't write that straight through either, but I think that probably <laughs> that writing it through would be easier because Editing, you know, it is hard. And after a while, you keep reading the same chapter over and over again, trying to make it better. And, you know, I just can't see it anymore. <laughs> That's when you have to turn it over to an editor, somebody else that can look at it and say, this is wrong. This could be better here. So what have we, what have we missed about, about writing or about editing memoir that, that you've learned in your now, is it now two or are there more? I've written two memoirs. You've written two? Yeah. Okay. So what, what have you learned from that that you're taking into your next project? Um, people, readers, readers want, <laughs> they want the dirt. <laughs> so writing 
memoir, especially, and even fiction too, because that goes some dark places too. But writing memoir, one of the hardest parts, I think, is telling it like it is and looking shitty on the page and and feeling shame about who you are at the beginning of this book. And, you know, you go on a character arc and you you're you get better <laughs> and you're not that person anymore. And now you're a new improved person or you've learned what, you know, whatever your character arc is. Um, so I think that that that's the hardest part for me, I think. And so going into the next project, despite the difficulty of doing that, I think that's really what readers resonate with. You know, they, they want to see themselves in, in the character, whoever that is. And so making them real on the page is, is where it's at. So I think that's what I'm going to focus on is not just telling a story, but, you know, living the story, whether it's fiction or not, and putting that on the page so that somebody else can live it too. That's an awesome response. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Another on the the fly (laughs) answer. We'll put them on quotes for something for you. (laughs) So what is your new book called? Where can we find it? Where can we find you? Uh, I'm at ValerieIsan.com and um, the title is You Can't Dance a Lie. Oh, ValerieIsan.com is my author services. ValerieIsanAuthor.com is my author page. (laughs) Okay. And I'm on Instagram and all of the socials, but Instagram is my favorite one. What's your handle there? At ValerieIsan. All right. We'll put those in the show notes so people can find you. All right on. It's been awesome talking to you guys. Well, it has been awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. You can find every episode on your favorite podcast player and on YouTube. For transcripts, please visit our website at revisionwizards.com. They go live the same day as our episodes. If you'd like to reach out to us separately, you can find me at vegriffith.com and Miss Catherine at scribes-pen.com. Stay magical.